This morning, brothers and sisters, we open the Word of God in the New Testament in the Gospel according to Matthew. Matthew 25, verse 14 to 30 is our Scripture passage as well as the text for the sermon of this morning. Matthew 25, verse 14 through 30. Our passage and our text. So let us read it closely and carefully. In response, we will be singing from Psalm 72 to stanzas 1, 5, 7, and 10. Psalm 72, 1, 5, 7, and 10. But first, this is the Word of God. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also who had the two talents came forward, saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also who had received the one talent came forward, saying, Master, I, know you, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has will more be given, and he will have an abundance but from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So far the reading of God's holy word.
As I mentioned, brothers and sisters, the text for the sermon is the passage that we read together, Matthew 25 to verses 14 through 30. In response to the sermon, we will be singing from Psalm 16, the stanzas 3 and 4. Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, we are well into the year 2019. The God who created the world <clears throat> established the seasons and set the times, brothers and sisters, has given us this year. The year 2018 is history, and the year 2019 is given to us as a new year. <clears throat> Again, we are together as church of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's a good thing. It shows that with everything being old and ready for renewal, one thing remains, the grace of God in Jesus Christ. This year, as much as yesteryear, is the time of grace. It's important, beloved, that we make this observation. We continue in this time of grace. Why is that so important? Well, because nothing has really changed. We are still our old selves. Our families are still the same with all their weal and woes, and our work, too, is still there. Then it's good that in this time of grace, God allows for all this under the government of grace in Jesus Christ. Hence, we entered the new year also with the gifts of grace. The forgiveness of sins is coming along. God's fatherly care also continues, as does His help, His nearness, His guidance by His Word and Spirit. Imagine that 2019 were no longer the time of grace. Iniquity would skyrocket, the world would turn to chaos, and the collapse of life would be certain. When we observe with thankfulness that the time continues into 2019 as time of grace, beloved, it means as well that we continue in our unity with Christ. That's the unity we confess in Lord's Day 1, that I am not my own but belong unto my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. In His grace, He bought us. He owns us. He is our Lord, and we are His. That's what brings the true light into this world. By grace, we may be servants of this Lord. By grace, our lives meet their purpose again in our service through Him. Yes, as owner of this world, He has entrusted all things to us again. That's what He was preparing His disciples for in Matthew 25, as this work results from His suffering and death for
for us. He is about to leave His servants. A few more weeks, and they will have to bear the responsibilities for the work of their Lord. They have been called and trained for that work of grace. They and we will have to give account of the progress and process in this work. That's the focal point of this parable, which I proclaim to you in this exhortation. Continue in the progress of the work of the Lord, working with the talents of the Lord, working for the profit of the Lord, working in the love of the Lord. So, I summarize the message of our text as follows. Continue in the progress of the work of the Lord, working with the talents of the Lord, working for the profit of the Lord, working in the love of the Lord. So, first of all, working with the talents of the Lord. In verse 14 of our chapter, brothers and sisters, the evangelist Matthew continues the line of the Lord's teachings from the first part of the chapter. So, we could read again, the kingdom of heaven will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. This property we hear is expressed in terms of talents, that is, in amounts of money. The first slave receives five talents, the second two, and the third one talent. The Lord of these slaves knew His people. He knew their abilities. So, He divided the talents according to the degree of competence. The slave to whom He entrusted one talent could not have handled five talents. The Lord doesn't demand the impossible either. After all, it's His property. Altogether, He entrusted a tremendous possession to His slaves. Many have tried, beloved, to express the real value of the property this Lord divided over His slaves. It's actually impossible to express its value in our present currencies. The value of talents wasn't the same everywhere either. Besides, it depended upon the metal that was used for the talents, gold or silver, approximately 30 kilograms. Assuming that the Lord Jesus was speaking about the most common and current talents, each talent amounted to no less than 6,000 denarii. It would take an ordinary laborer almost 20 years to earn one talent. That should convince us sufficiently that this Lord entrusted very high amounts to His slaves. With it came great responsibilities. That's a great honor, first of all, dealing as they may with the goods of their master. It also means, it also means the Lord is putting great trust in them. In fact, the expression He uses for entrusting the, His property to them implies that they can manage it, continue their work with it. 
The seriousness of this responsibility then is expressed by the focal point of the entire parable, namely the Lord's return and call to give account for this work. What an incredible and daunting picture this parable creates, beloved. It's very clear that the Lord Jesus gives them a preview of His departure. It should not be too difficult to understand that picture of His going on a journey. Our Lord Jesus Christ ascended into heaven. Before His departure, He left behind a great possession. He assigned to His disciples a great task, the preaching of the gospel to the ends of the earth, that is, the expansion of His church. It will establish the kingship of Christ over the whole world, a visible and tangible kingship. Indeed, that's how we see it today, with eyes of faith. You know, when you consider Christ's church and kingdom with human eyes, you might wonder whether it has come to anything. People who don't go to church any longer look at it like that quite often. What is it altogether, really? When you consider it by faith, however, you would see the proclamation of Christ's church in thousands and thousands of places the instruction in His kingship throughout the world. Yes, considering it that way, you will realize as well that the time of His return to call us to account is near. Then what are these talents, beloved, entrusted to the slaves? Well, the interpretations vary. Are they the gifts of the Holy Spirit that enable the slaves to serve Him? That's how the word talent is used quite often. In Romans 12 and Galatians 5, we find lists of these gifts. Or are they man's natural powers? As we sometimes say, the boy has a real talent for music, referring to his ability. Does the Lord provide such talents of competence, natural gifts, to use them in His service? The parable, however, shows us the Lord giving talents to each slave according to His ability. The talents themselves are not the abilities or the gifts of grace in the slave, but these talents are given to slaves who already had certain abilities. <clears throat> Though the abilities of the servants are not excluded altogether, the talents themselves are the amounts entrusted to the slaves. They have to work with them according to their abilities. Upon His return, the Lord won't ask to give account of the abilities and personal powers he wants them to give account of the amounts entrusted to them. So the talents, brothers and sisters, are not the slaves' capabilities, their competence. The talents are the objects with which they have to work to make a profit. They are the affairs of the Lord Jesus Christ, His church, 
and kingdom. It's one of the kingdom parables indeed. And when we say kingdom, we say church also. As we confess in question and answer 123, your kingdom come, that is, preserve and increase your church. All those who are owned by their master, Jesus Christ, are entrusted with the affairs of their king, his church and kingdom. Well, that's an honor for sure. It's the calling for everyone who is set free from the powers of darkness in bondage to Satan and is transferred to the service of Christ. They have His talents entrusted to them to work for the increase of His kingdom. What that means? Well, isn't this the Lord's world? Didn't He come to restore the paradise relationship? When He accomplished His work, He became King to whom was given all authority and power in heaven and on earth. The property He left behind was the earth with all its fullness, and the talents He entrusted to His servants were the affairs of His church and kingdom on the earth. And it's worth noting, beloved, that the Lord was speaking about His affairs in terms of talents, amounts of money. He knew that in daily life, in daily work on this earth, money means a lot. Natural man doesn't work for God. Natural man wants to accomplish something for himself, make money, receive honor, and achieve a position of power and respect. Our present society is a career society. One is taxed and judged according to what he earns and owns, hence the stiff competition in society. Then the Lord Jesus instructs us regarding a different task with different objectives. Your life is not determined by the amount of money you earn. The sense and meaning of your life is not accomplished by honor, respect, or power. Your life in this world becomes meaningful and successful when the grace of God restores you to God, to His kingdom in Christ. Your daily work, my brother and my sister, is Christ's affair. As you work for the Lord with the talents of the Lord. The church is not a pastime for the Sunday. The kingdom of God isn't something extraterrestrial, invisible. No, the kingdom of God is a boy and a girl who study hard in grade one or three or ten, preparing themselves for a task in this world to serve the Lord in it. It's educating them in the fear of God's name, teaching them to believe, and training them for a calling in the church. The kingdom of heaven is a man and a woman who seek to enrich each other in marriage who help and support, stimulate and motivate each other 
to be better servants of the Lord in their marriage. That's what they will have to give account of. The kingdom of heaven is a mother who looks after her household, which is called to be the population of the new heaven and earth. She doesn't keep her task small artificially because she also wants to pursue her own career, get some enjoyment out of life for herself. No, she employs her abilities optimally for the kingdom of heaven. Thus, in the church of the Lord, every member takes care of his tasks and callings as the Lord's affair for his kingdom's progress. So, that first. Secondly, we see working for the prophets of the Lord. Now, as you may have noticed, brothers and sisters, I use the words slaves and servants interchangeably. On the one hand, we shouldn't make too much of the translation, either as slaves or as servants. On the other hand, we must observe that the word, that the word Christ uses does connote slavery, first of all, bond servants. He didn't do so to condone slavery as a system. From God's Word, we know that slavery is against God's will. The Lord Jesus uses the word for slave to denote that His servants don't own anything themselves. Slaves could not earn anything for themselves either. Even if a slave would make some extra money outside his job, he would have to pass it on his earnings to his master. His master owns him. It's in that sense the Lord Jesus speaks about the servants. The master entrusts his talents to those he owns. He bought them. That's how we as Christians are taken up in God's covenant. We are owned by Christ, body and soul, and with all the fruits of our life. That relationship is not a form of slavery in the ill sense of the word. It's a relationship of love and of grace. In the Old Testament, Israel's position in the covenant of with the Lord was expressed that way. And all the first fruits of their labors, the tithes of their prophet, expressed the Lord's ownership of their land and life. And in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul calls himself slave of Jesus Christ time and time again. So, it's in that position of servants of the Lord, beloved, that we continue our office and calling, our task and service in the year 2019. Hence, we are not going to work for ourselves this year, but for Him who owns us, who bought us with His blood. As covenant people of the Lord, we are placed in a position of servants of Jesus Christ, young and old, rich and poor, with whatever abilities He has given us. Each and every one of us has an occupation in this world of the Lord. We are never unemployed or too old 
or to warn, to have an occupation. As long as you are in this world, you have an occupation, that is, activities by which you occupy the time and place of the Lord. And you are in this occupation owned by the Lord. In your place, you serve Him as businessman, as mother, as carpenter, as accountant, as computer specialist, as landscaper, teacher, but also as a retiree, as widow, as disabled, or as an old grandfather. In your occupation, you are called to promote the affairs of the Lord's kingdom. With your profession, you pursue your confession that you are the Lord's and that all your prophets are His. The profit of our work, beloved, is not whether we become rich during our life, but whether the work we do on this property of the Lord in the time of the Lord is work for and in the kingdom of the Lord. And such prophets promote His kingdom. And the kind of work, the amount of work, the significance of this work is not something you determine, but the Lord does. He doesn't give His assignments the number of affairs to be cared for arbitrarily, neither does He have any preference for the one over the other. Each and every servant receives shares in the kingdom of God on this earth. Accept the wisdom of the Lord in the kind of shares entrusted to you. Ultimately, it doesn't make any difference whether you have to handle your five shares in poor or rich circumstances. As long as you are faithful and profitable for the promotion of His kingdom, So also in this year again, my brother and sister, you have your place and your calling to promote His church and kingdom with your abilities. In our daily work and calling, we earn for the Lord, for His church and kingdom, and for our families what is needed to serve Him with our talents. He owns us and all that we have, our money, our goods, our labor, also the labor in the church and in His kingdom. That's how we receive our position in the kingdom of heaven. Do we ever have a lot of affairs in which we can promote His kingdom? Yes, then we are among the slaves to whom many talents have been entrusted with which we work for the Lord's profit, for the increase of His kingdom. Yes, then we are working for the Lord. When we receive children, we bear children for the Lord. Raise them, educate them, and train them together in the Lord at our schools, and motivate them to study together in clubs, societies, and catechism classes. We may use our time, our goods, and our abilities for the affairs of the church of Christ 
in the work of foreign mission, streetlight ministries, personal outreach, sponsorship of refugees, pregnancy care centers, looking after the unwed mothers, considering the homeless, or the, or the victims in this world of disasters, people that need relief, etc., etc. Yes, you understand me correctly, beloved. The year of our Lord 2019 is going to be a busy year again. Congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ here in Ancaster, see the talents entrusted to you. Our Master's return is impending. Consider the wonderful calling we have and the beautiful opportunities that present themselves to us in this year again. Wonderful? Beautiful? Well, of course, that depends how you take your calling. As the slaves who received five or two talents respectively, or the slave who hid his talent because he supposedly feared his master. Therefore, let's see in the third place, it's working in the love of the Lord. Let's finally have a brief look, brothers and sisters, at the way in which we work. We cannot elaborate on all the details in one sermon anyway, yet we should pay attention to the way the slaves handle their mandate. We learn this from the way these slaves give account to their master. Then there is that one slave to whom the master entrusted one talent. No, there was no favoritism involved at all. The Lord knew him. He knew how much he could handle. One talent. No one has to be idle. In his grace, he gave to each his shares for church and kingdom. His share was a talent. Never diminish the amount of responsibility. Your abilities may be limited, but the amount entrusted to you will require all your involvement. The Lord won't just look at the great performance of the leaders. He also loves the smaller tasks that you fulfill. Then this slave, beloved, buried his talent not because he was jealous at receiving only one talent in comparison to the two or five of the others. No, he saw his master as a despot, a tyrant. Just imagine. A master like that, a tyrant, one who trusts his slaves, who knows his slaves, and who uses his slaves with that much confidence. Besides, a, a talent from this master is that ever profitable in this world. Yet he hid his talent. There's no activity, no involvement from him for church and kingdom. You know them, I'm, I suppose. Members belonging to the church of Christ who never get involved who have no money left for church or school or mission or whatever affair of the kingdom of the Lord. They don't really know what's going on in church and kingdom either. What's behind it is this. Their heart 
is not for the Lord. They don't love the Lord with a love that's eager to sacrifice for the Lord. Usually their only activity is criticizing the other members or the office bearers. Oh, they have their excuses for their lack of involvement. The Lord is so demanding. He demands even where He did not give. It's not true, of course, but it sounds as if they are trembling for Him. The Lord tests the heart. At His return, He will be able to discern the depths of it from what you did with it. Dead members of Christ's church they are. Their end is in accordance with it, eternal death. That's first the warning of the Lord. What a contrast this is with the story of the other slaves, beloved. When they are giving account, the story becomes very vivid. Five talents you gave, five talents I gained. You sense the enthusiasm. With sparkling eyes, he invites his master to count them. Oh, no, that doesn't mean that the work had been easy. Work in this world is hard, tiring, frustrating all the time, ever since the fall into sin. Yet the joy of the servant expresses the love for his master. Master, look! He had gone to work right away in the joy of the servant who kept his master in mind, who considered the privilege and who was driven by the love for his Lord. And the next slave, likewise, had dedicated himself for 100% in his master's service, and his profit was the same, 100%. Then also note the reaction of the master. Both slaves receive the same reply. Whether the increase is five talents or two, they hear the same speech. They receive the same praise. Our Lord does not require quantity, but quality and motive. Service in love and dedication is faithful service. Love for the Master of our Lord the, the master of our life, and dedication in the place where He puts us. That's the message for the year of the Lord 2019, beloved. Enter upon His year 2019 in the work of the Lord. Afterwards, there will be the joy, the account-giving, and the feast, your marriage, your family, your service at work, your youth and old age, your study and career, everything is preparatory for the feast of the Lord. That's what our Lord and Master is holding up to us at the beginning of this year. When you have heard His calling and know His expectations, you know what you may pursue in this life, in this world, and how. Our Master gives us His confidence and trust, His time and places for the pursuit of His affairs and for our activities to show Him our love. Until He comes again, and we will see how small these affairs will seem in comparison with the new creation, 
Yet, and yet, then we may still see our good works as the streamers and the decorations and the illuminations in the festal halls for the wedding feast of the Lamb. Yes, then He will declare joyfully and we will hear thankfully, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Amen.